I can understand that statement as much as I understand the Charles Dickens quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dickens, he, he's... He takes a while to get to his point. He's he's paid by the word. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars. Dun, 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 dun. Episode 7, The Last Jedi. The First Order reigns. Having decimated the peaceful Republic, Supreme Leader Snoke now deploys his merciless legions to seize military control of the galaxy. Only General Leia Organa's band of resistance fighters stand against the rising tyranny, certain that Jedi Master Luke Skywalker will return and restore a spark of hope to the flight. But the resistance has been exposed. As the First Order speeds towards the rebel base, the brave heroes mount a desperate escape. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I have such good memories of my dad reading those lines uh-huh. as Star Wars episodes began. Mm. Well, hello and welcome to Raise a Glass. The podcast where we talk about the stories and storytellers that shape us. My name is Eric Lintola. And I am Hunter Danson. And Hunter, uh, to subvert expectations this week, instead of me asking you what's in your glass, I am going to ask myself, what is oh, in my glass? My so expectations. Eric, what... <laughs> so Eric, what is in your glass? Well, thank you for asking such a thing, Eric. <laughs> uh, for you specifically, it's an old tale. Mm. It's an old tale. It goes back to way back when. Um, and one that, in fact, I actually hope repeats itself uh, mm. with the same ending, uh, unlike that of Town. I brought this up before on this podcast. Uh, I'm drinking one of my favorite Rochester beers um, in honor of the coming of spring, the Ruby Red Kolsch. Um, I do not like fruity beers. I do not like, yeah, but this is quickly becoming a classic here in Rochester. Mm. It's so amazing. Nice. (laughs) It's wow. They just released a 16 ounce can of these. Isn't it like a grapefruit? It's a grapefruit. Ruby red. Yeah. Yeah. It's Everybody should, if you drink beer, you should try it. It's, like I said, it's becoming a classic in the Rochester area. Like, within five years, like, people have shirts dedicated <laughs> wow. to Ruby Red Kolsch. And, like, it has kind of swept the entire area. So, Hunter, right. what is in your glass? Uh, in my glass, I have a six-point brewery resin double IPA. Um, it is... So hoppy. That's why I like it. Um, from uh, Brooklyn, New York. And uh, it's just like a quintessential double IPA. No fruit or anything in there. 
Sounds just terrible. like drinking a tree, which is how I like it. <laughs> like a spicy tree. Yes, I like always, in my mind, me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always relate happiness to like spicy. You know, if you ask a kid, like, like how they'll use, they'll use the word spicy to, de- to describe lots of things that they don't yeah. have a word for. So spicy. I'm not an IPA fan. No thanks. Uh. Well, this this podcast, I think, is uh, is a testament to uh, learning uh, to be friends with someone who has different tastes. <laughs> and I think this episode, this the Last Jedi in particular, is one that maybe is responsible for this podcast because of how oh, many. Yeah conversations we had before before we start talking about it which which we will we we really will um (laughs) talk it to death beyond the grave um we've already done that hunter yeah whacking but i yeah i i gotta know what you're uh what you're raising pouring out for this week um, spring feels like it's finally come here. So I'm a raising glass to it. Um, the opportunity to spend hours outside. Uh, it's just been nice. It's been really nice. Yeah. Going for walks, showing Hunter, um, Hunter showing my son, Caleb, uh, how to use a volleyball, which he then tries to kick around like a soccer ball, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, doing some gardening, that's what I'm raising glass to. Um, and there's a lot of really big things going on right now to pour one out for. And so I'm actually going to get a little bit serious here um, just because there's been a lot of um, vehicles that have been stolen in our area. Um, I know it's happening throughout the country with Kias and Hyundais. Um, one was stolen and driven into a laundromat right across from my favorite coffee shop. Um, wow. Just a few minutes walk from here. Um, and then there's just been a lot of, a lot more continued shootings in our country mm-hmm. and in our area. And it feels like um, every year there's an uptick in crime and violence in the summer, uh, especially in cities, but yeah. I think it's true across, across the entire country. And I feel like it's, becoming earlier and earlier uh, hmm. right now. Um, and there's more happening in, in, in unprotected spaces that shouldn't need to be protected. Right. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm... And I know that the shooting and violence, you know, that, that caliber is not the only violence that's happening. And so, you know, that's, and so I just want to pour one out for the, the sinful nature of mankind. Mm. Um, the, the anger and the hatred that lead to this, the fear, um, the selfishness, mm. um, the, the, 
oh, oh what's the language I heard somebody say today? How it be um, exceptionalism. Mm. Um, I, I think that's related to it as well. Um, that word stuck with me, the exceptionalism. This idea that we are exceptional, you know, and that mm. America is exceptional. Right. Um, or that we versus them, you know, we're exceptional and they're not. And it's those, those in my mind are all connected. And I, I could try to show you all the ways that I think they're connected, but I couldn't do it justice because, you because know, ultimately uh, I don't believe that there will be justice in this world. Um, but I believe in the one who is justice and who is love and mercy and grace and, and power and strength um, and gentleness. And so that's what's on my heart at this moment. And maybe, um, maybe a little bit too, too intense. Uh, we, d- we don't normally dive maybe this deep, but uh, uh, actually I feel like the last few weeks have been very much <laughs> <laughs> this. So maybe we always do. Yeah. Maybe this is just kind of who we are as a podcast. Yeah. Well, saying we're not was, doing it. <laughs> I was thinking about our decision to do The Last Jedi. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we really need to do something lighter. So why don't we do the most divisive movie in Star Wars history? <laughs> yep. Um, well, Hunter, how about you? What are you pouring a glass out and raising one out for? Well, I am pouring one out for a lesser evil. Um, ticks. Ooh. Uh, I I also think that they are coming earlier this year because I have already seen two of them. One of them I'm on my desk at work. Sorry. Yeah, I I pulled off my son's ear. Uh, it hadn't bitten yet, so I just grabbed it and killed it. And then there was one crawling on me today after I went for a mountain bike ride. Um, which I mean that tick, I don't know how it jumped onto me. When I, while I was riding my bike, because I didn't really stop that much, but um, they're just awful. Not only do they suck your blood, they also carry like a pretty awful disease, uh, Lyme disease, um, mm-hmm. which I have had, but thankfully was caught early enough that it didn't impact me too long term. But oh, if you yeah, don't catch it, I it's really that. can be really bad. But um, I'm I'm raising a glass. Uh, to one of Charles Dickinson's uh, good paragraphs, uh, because I'm not the biggest fan of Charles Dickens. Uh, he was he was paid by the word, so that's kind of the joke about him is that he has a lot of not necessarily bad words, but he, he takes a while to get to the point sometimes. Um, but I thought that this paragraph was pretty good, um, and I also think it is kind of relevant to this discussion. So I'm going to share it um, and then we can get into it. Um, This is from uh, Barnaby Rudge. Men who are thoroughly false and hollow seldom try to hide those vices from themselves. And yet in the very act of avowing them, they lay claim to the virtues they feign most to despise. For, say they, This is honesty. This is truth. All mankind are like us, but they have not the candor to avow it. 
the more they affect to deny the existence of any sincerity in the world, the more they would be thought to possess it in its boldest shape. And this is an unconscious compliment to truth on the part of these philosophers, which will turn the laugh against them to the day of judgment. Can you walk through that a little bit? It's, it's hard to, as trying to <laughs> follow everything that you're reading without seeing it in front of me. Yeah. Um, so men who are thoroughly false and hollow seldom try to hide those vices from themselves. This is following a character who is thoroughly false and hollow. Um, he's, he's sort of like very unashamedly hedonistic. Um, and so they despise virtues like honesty and, um, you know, sincerity and goodness. Um, you know, they, they think that all mankind is, is, you know, there, there really is no sincerity or honesty in mankind, but in, um, saying that, you know, they have, they have no honesty in them or something. They are in fact being totally sincere and honest <laughs> and espousing the own virtues that they so despise. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And how does it relate? Well, The Last Jedi is, uh, <clears throat> it's not a bad movie. Um, I don't think anyone can argue that. Well, they could, but not convincingly to me at least. But um, it is an incredibly controversial movie and one that um, attracted a lot of hate. Uh, and became kind of a uh, kind of a spark <laughs> uh, that was fanned into a flame of like kind of the worst <laughs> kind of fan gatekeeping and hatred. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And and I was thinking about how, because I am kind of familiar with a lot of the arguments that a lot of the haters use, um, because I, I didn't like the last show that much. Um, I don't think I fell into full hatred, but... Uh, you don't think you fell into full hatred of this movie? No, I wouldn't we call it remember. hatred. I would say we, we remember <laughs> okay. that events slightly differently. Uh, maybe how many other things that you, sorry, well, here's the uh, thing. I'll provide my counter argument shortly. Okay. The, like people, people started attacking the actors and, uh, like they had to delete their, their social media accounts and, huh? Okay. You're talking about yeah. like the performances of the actors. Okay. Yeah. The performances and things like that. And my problem was never with, with the actors or the performances or even the visuals or, but, but we'll get into it. Um, but I think the quote is relevant because I think within that faction, there seems to be this sort of belief that like 
no one can believe that this movie is good. But the more they affect the 90 existence of any sincerity in the world, the more they would be thought to possess it in its boldest shape. Um, and a lot of people uh, seem to hate this movie with a great passion. Um, th there is, in fact, a video, and it is longer than The Last Jedi, uh, and goes through this guy's, all of his critiques of it. Um, yeah. Uh, and and so I think the more that these fans affect to deny the existence of, I don't know, um, the possibility that people can like this movie uh, with the passion, I think the more it shows how much passion that, that they have. Um, because a lot of people love The Last Jedi with the same amount of passion that they hate it. Well, Hunter, I appreciate the segue. And I would like to take a moment to describe the movie. Um, okay. So this might not be a movie that everybody's seen. And like it's definitely more mainstream than a lot of the things we've <laughs> maybe been talking <laughs> about recently. Um, maybe many of the things we do talk about, but I want to give some, a little bit of time to, um, walk through the plot of this movie. Um, just because if you haven't seen it, I still want this, uh, to be, uh, an enjoyable podcast to listen to. Um, you know, maybe you'll be bantering less with us in your head, but, uh, hopefully you can still banter with us, you know, uh, as much as we banter with each other. <laughs> so this is the eighth episode of the Star Wars series, which went four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, three and a half, eight, nine. <laughs> as far as uh, maybe uh, universe uh, cinema, you know, Star Wars cinematic universe uh, chronology versus um, our dating uh, chronology mm -hmm. um, when we saw in theaters. And, um, this episode, uh, this, this movie follows, um, the rebels destruction of a, another death star esque planet thing at the end of episode seven, where Kylo Ren, who is the son of Han Solo and Leia, um, kills his father, uh, spoilers, um, You've had seven um, years to watch that movie, so I don't feel that <laughs> bad about it. And this starts after that. Um, and so you heard the the very intro. Um, and what really happens in this movie is the rebel fleet is slowly trying to escape the First Order, which is the new bad guys. And the rebels or the good guys. Um, are now being tracked through light speed. So they can't get away from the bad guys and they're running out of fuel. And then there's a submission by Finn and Rose that is completely useless and leads nowhere. Um, <laughs> Ray I'm the code is breaker, off. though. 
Yeah, but it leads nowhere. Um, and they find a code breaker. Uh, <laughs> he does get them in, sort of. Yes, sort of. It's a whole MacGuffin type mm. situation. It's, well, anyways, red herring. Yeah, there's a MacGuffin in it. Not as important though. The the it, oh, the necklace thingy. Thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the movie, it's all, but you're not trying to find it, so. Uh, Nix the MacGuffin. Um, uh, while this is happening, um, Ray is trying to find Luke Skywalker, who is milking these large, weird animals and living like a hermit where he's trying to die, where the Jedi were founded. Ray has this weird force connection with Kylo Ren, where they can see and touch each other across large distances. Kylo Ren is, of course, trying to kill Luke Skywalker, who, through a series of the same flashback seen three different times, uh, we finally learn um, that Luke trained Kylo and it was starting restarting the Jedi Order. And then in a moment of like fear and kind of response, thought about killing Kylo, never would have followed th- gone through with it. Um, because Kylo was being turned to the dark side by the Supreme Leader Snoke. It's really hard to, I'm just like talking about this whole movie. And um, it's not the easiest plot to follow. No, no, there's like, yeah. And so, uh, Ray goes to, to find Kylo Ren to turn him to the good side. Kylo Ren's like, no, I'm going to turn Ray to the bad side. And so somehow, Sorry. Ray. Finn, uh, Rose, and, and um, Poe. Yeah. Uh, who's just trying to figure out what's happening. Um, <laughs> end up They're on so the bad guy's ship. <laughs> yeah, Poe's so not mean to him. <laughs> they end up on the bad guy's ship. Um, uh, Finn, oh, Finn and, and Rose and Poe are trying to. Um, well, I guess Poe's not actually on the ship, but Finn and Rose are trying to um, do something to the ship that would pretty much have been the same thing as the Death Star, so that all people can escape. Um, Ray is trying to turn Kylo. Kylo's trying to turn Ray. They decide to team battle, and um, Kylo Ren kills Supreme Leader Snoke, who's voiced by Andrew Sir- Andrew Circus. Oh really? Uh, yeah, um, Andrew, Andy, Andy Circus, Andy Circus, yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um, BB-8's there, saves the day because that's what droids do. While this is happening, the rebels, the good guys, try to escape in these little pods, the smaller ships, to the the this planet that's made entirely of salt. Um, Leia was almost killed with the rest of the leaders. She survives by using the force in a very interesting uh, maneuver. And the main bad guy ship is destroyed because somebody, um, the the good guy backup leader um, breaks um, what has to have at that point in history been a um, in intergalactic law <laughs> against like 
slaughter. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like you can't gas people, right? It's kind of that type of thing mm. by using hyperspace to destroy all the enemy fleet, but not really. Um, end up on this really cool salt planet that's white, but as soon as this surface is broken, it turns red. And they're trying to, the rebels are in this space that they're always in. Um, I didn't even talk about the casino planet. Not worth it. You don't need to. Um, and Luke shows up right when they're all about to die. Gets blown up a ton of times. It's not actually him. Saves the day. He was doing force. Projection. Something. Projection. Um, but also physical projection. Yeah, it's um, not clear. Uh, and then um, poor Chewbacca is just kind of there with this tiny little weird thing. Um, the porgs. Pig, they get pig porgs. Um, I was going to say Pikmin. Uh, <laughs> and it ends with Ray and Kylo like force sensing each other. And then the entire rebels fit on the Millennium Falcon. So that's the spark that will light the flame that will burn the first order. Um, mm-hmm. And that is um, the last try. And that description, I think there's a good way of showing that while this might be a good movie um, under, you were talking about being a good movie. Um, it is not a good star Wars movie. That is <laughs> way too convoluted for a star Wars movie. Star Wars movies can handle like two plots, maybe a third if it's super simple. Um, there's just too much that happens. So, anything that I missed that was actually important? I don't think so. I, I don't know. I'd... I probably shared well, a lot more things that weren't important than missing <laughs> important things. Yeah. Talk about the subtext with this movie, uh, at least for me. It's all about the subtext. So he said, I'd, "Yeah, like with this okay. movie in particular, I think that there's a lot in the subtext. It's like a message has a message, okay. um, but it's not like not totally clear." Um, I feel like it could have been clearer or at least commuted in a, in a way that was um, a little less uh, convoluted. Okay. There it is. Uh, Hunter, I realized we didn't answer a really important question. Why in the world are we choosing the last Jedi instead of the star Wars universe? Because I think it's really important to note that both of us are star Wars fans. And Hunter is a very big Star Wars fan. Such a big oh. Star Wars fan, in fact, that he doesn't even watch Star Wars movies anymore. That's how much of a Star Wars fan he is. Wait, what? <laughs> Isn't that true? You love Star Wars, and now like you don't watch it because of well, I, what they I've, did to Luke. Well, I've, I've seen all the new ones, uh, and I've seen Mandalorian um, season one. And uh, Andor, and that's the last one I saw. And honestly, I'm not too interested in watching more new stuff. I would rewatch them. I want to rewatch The Phantom Menace, actually. It's my favorite prequel uh, movie. Like of the first three? Yeah. One, uh, yeah. one two, three. 
Um, Someone that's got Qui Gon. Yeah, yeah. Liam, the Liam Neesons. Um, it's always a bigger fish. Um, but why did we choose this one instead of the Star Wars? We yeah, chose this, this one question. because I think we wanted to. We do want to do a Star Wars episode, uh, but I think we want to bring in some guests for that um, and make it, you know, pretty special. But the Last Jedi, I think, I said it was almost maybe responsible for this podcast because this is a movie that we have talked about for hours and hours and hours. Uh, um, that's why I interrupted you earlier. In fact, you said you yeah. didn't hate this movie, but the number of times you unprompted start started conversations about this movie in our friendship had to be at least half a dozen. We've sp- we've we've talked about this movie for hours of our lives, <laughs> and it is not worth talking about for hours of your life um, unless you decide to throw together a podcast. Uh, and and honestly, I think part of my frustration that led to my desire for this podcast is I wanted to talk with you about books, movies, shows, and stories and storytellers that weren't <laughs> the Last Jedi. <laughs> I yeah, I I'll admit it. I mean, I went overboard. I watched that dumb video. Um, <laughs> you watched the whole thing. I did. I'm ashamed to admit it. <laughs> But at least I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. We, we, get to, this is a good place to talk about our initial reactions because yes, please. My gut reaction to this movie, I walked out of the theater and I was like, "What have they done?" Uh, and and I saw, I think, with my mom and uh, my wife, um. And they're like, what are you talking about? It was Star Wars. It's fine. Um, and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what did they do to Luke? Um, and that's that's kind of where it started. So, so I was trying to understand, like, why I was reacting the way that I was. Um, and my initial... Um, the initial thing I did was look at plot holes um, because I, uh, <laughs> which, which is, I think is a natural thing to do. That's why like cinema sins mm-hmm. is so popular. Um, but every movie has plot holes. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about them briefly. There's like maybe one or two that I'd, I could talk about, but I don't want to do it to death because it really has been done to death. Mm. Um like, There's so many podcasts that talk about this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'd like to take us in a different direction um, if we can. Because I, I just feel like <laughs> that scene when all the AT-ATs are shooting at Luke uh, and just like lasers and Kylo Ren is like, more, more. Um, I felt like those lasers was like all of the fan criticism on The Last Jedi. <laughs> it's, it is like, uh, Hux is like, are you... Yeah, I, I think we got him, sir. Um, <laughs> because that's like what the if you if you just go on YouTube and type in the Last Jedi, um, don't do it because uh, c- it's just so much. And uh, you know, I'm I got to pour one out for that. I got to pour one out for all that criticism because 
like, I feel like I have some legitimate criticisms, um, but I feel like I have to kind of like, I feel like I have to put a disclaimer and say like, I'm not one of those people, <laughs> but. Um, My initial response to this movie, um, I remember leaving the, I, I left the theater and did not like it as a Star Wars movie. I didn't think it worked within the Star Wars canon. I was really excited about the six, seven, eight, nine because I was excited to see them work as a trilogy. Um, and I felt like it was just completely unplanned. Just give uh, directors, you know, furry reign and all of a sudden, you know, creates this movement back and forth. I just didn't, it didn't feel to me like a Star Wars movie at all. Like, you know, it's not about this, you know, it, it's just, yeah. Um, I also remember thinking it was one of the most visually, it was the most visually stunning Star Wars movie. Mm. This movie is stunning. There are a few scenes in particular, like the opening sequence, so beautiful. Like, I think it's stunning. I think the visual aspects of it. Um, I actually really like that storytelling piece too. I really like mm. the verse, but um, the hyperspace, hyperspeed, like, Ryan Johnson is a great director. Um, you've seen him in things like Knives Out, Looper, um, which I didn't actually like that much, which is a little bit controversial. A lot of other people liked it a lot. I like um, Looper. Yeah, I like Bruce Willis. Mm. Um, but it didn't feel to me like a Star Wars movie. Um, I didn't like it. But I also didn't dislike it that that much. Um and I found myself kind of on the, the larger spectrum of love to hate <laughs> being a, you know, ambivalent, but leaning to like dislike like that kind of middle range. Um, but you, in my experience of you in this response to this movie were um, much further uh, down the scale towards hate <laughs> um, which, you know, let's be honest, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to the dark side of the forest. <laughs> um, so <laughs> whereas one of my other best friends, it's about balance, Eric. Well, one of my other best friends was on the love side of this movie. Mm. And so I felt like I was being the balance in the, mm. in the space and, Ended up having more conversations about this movie than all the rest of the Star Wars movies combined. Um, <laughs> even though it's not, it's not that worth. I, I didn't think it was that worth it. Um, I got. I remember kind of getting annoyed in some of these conversations just because. Yeah, I, I don't. It, it's it's now been a while. So right? it's been six years, um, and and yet I still remember the heat of those moments. And I remember watching videos and listening to podcasts and I, this, I just watched it again. I think it was at least third or fourth, fourth time watching through it. Um, and maybe this is kind of a helpful space to go next is um, your response on this watch. Mm. Um, Cause I, I watched it again last night and I was like, it's a fun movie. It's a good movie. I would, I don't know if I'd come back to it that often, but I remember still thinking, wow, this is visually beautiful. Um, there are some really Star Warsy elements of it. Um, and for me, I look for different things in a Star Wars movie than I look for in other movies. 
Because like Marvel movies, I'm not looking for the same things. <laughs> mm. um, Star Wars movies to me are campy. Like they have to be a little bit campy. And this movie is not campy. Um, Star Wars movies like just need to be kind of fun. Mm. And this movie is not kind of fun. It has <laughs> comic relief characters. And it has, like, it's trying to say a lot. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's kind of fun, um, even though there are some fun moments. Um, but I was, let's see, the a thing that I pulled out from this movie and this watch that is not at all related to Star Wars <laughs> is that General Hux um, is played by um an actor in my favorite movie or one of my favorite movies of all time. Um Dom Dom Dominal Gleason um plays the primary character in About Time, which mm. I think is one of the greatest movies that has ever existed. Um uh, and we will be discussing it at some point because it is just power. Um just a quick stat to back up kind of your statements earlier on um, Rotten Tomatoes. It was given a 91% by certified fresh by the critics. The audience gave it a 42% score. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So the interesting thing about that is, Around the time when my views about this movie were evolving, um, <laughs> I would look at that and I would be like, I mean, look at it. You know, like the audience didn't really like it that much. Uh, but come to find out that like uh, review bombing is a thing now um, where, you know, whether people just, they don't, there's no way for the, for review sites like, Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic to really verify that people have actually watched the movie. So um, if a movie is identified with (laughs) a certain political point or something, people can make bot accounts or just mobilize their cruddy fan base to like post one star reviews to, to bomb the score down. Um, which actually no. happened with the DLC to Horizon Forbidden West recently um, because of one story decision that they made at the end, um, which is, is kind of dumb. Um, so, like, I think, like, the, the conversation about this movie is more fascinating than the movie. Um, <laughs> I think, like, because the movie's fine. It's, I, I think, like, I, I rewatched it for the podcast and honestly i i would watch it again because it is the most ambitious and i think the most interesting uh movie of the sequels like it actually it's trying to say something and it's trying to do something different whereas the other ones i i didn't like the force awakens um or the rise of skywalker um because they were just kind of very fan servicey and um rehashing it and the last jedi definitely has fan service but it it has 
you know, it has a message that it's, it's trying to do and trying to say something different about star Wars. And, um, I think it's interesting because people bring so much history to star Wars when they go to watch a movie, um, that like a lot of the response to the movie doesn't really depend. <laughs> a lot of it doesn't depend on the movie as much as it depends on what people think, st what star Wars is to the audience. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, one of the most important parts about star Wars was Luke Skywalker. Um, not necessarily him in the, uh, original series which sounds kind of weird but um that's just what what how i interacted with star wars i remember reading like a book um and it was it followed luke um and like his i think his he had a wife mara um and they were with this like sort of ex stormtrooper squadron um and i i like I don't remember much about this book, but I remember I really enjoyed like being with Luke. This is it's post return of the Jedi. And so you get to see Luke as like a, a consummate Jedi master and like, um, <clears throat> it, it was really cool. So it was, it was a good book. I don't remember the name of it, but, um, so like I, I sort of had this idea of Luke Skywalker and his character and a huge part of this movie is tearing down Luke's character <clears throat> and yeah. um, saying that, that, that Luke really failed in a really huge way. Um, and I still don't really, I still don't agree <laughs> with the movie. I don't agree that Luke would do that. Um, but I see what it was going for and I respect it. Um, as 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 a goal uh, to try and tell a story and, and be ambitious but um like i think <laughs> this movie taught me that like the most important question to ask about something is a piece of media or a book or a story anything is not is this good the most important question is how does it make me feel and why does it make me feel that way? Mm -hmm. um, and because yeah. it like, I was noticing plot holes. Like I was sitting in the theater and I saw the bolts arcing through space and I was like, bolts, like, like <laughs> bolts don't arc in space. Like nothing arcs in space. You're, they're not, there's no gravity like you just shoot them straight. Um, and th yeah, that's a nitpick. I, I understand that. <laughs> um, it's a galaxy far, far away, Hunter. Okay. We don't know what it's like. Yeah. Maybe I, that's how bolts. Star Wars always had like a pretty consistent, like it was always very fast and loose. Like the, the, the space fighting is based on dog fights. Like the small fighters are based on like world war two, you know, world war one dog fights the big ships are very naval, uh, like naval battles. Um, and I, I feel like Ryan Johnson just really leaned into it more with the last Jedi. Um, especially in the opening sequence, like 
I remember seeing the bombs. Like I was like, I, I was sort of aware of that in this watch and like in those big bo slow bomber ships, they felt like a world war one bomber or something like that. Um, and remind me of like a Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the first time I watched it, I was like, there's no force field in this space. So like why, like, and, and the gravity wouldn't really work that way. Why are the bombs like falling out of the ships? Um, and there's, there's no force field there. So like she, the woman should get sucked out of because of the pressure different. And like, these are all things that I was noticing. Um, and yeah, they're, they're plot holes. Uh, and you can argue that they're like big ones, but it's not like the original movies didn't have plot holes too. Um, <laughs> like, like Luke falls out of Bespin and like, he falls like five, over 500 feet and just like it survives somehow with any had just had his arm cut off. And, um, and I know like a lot of fans will have, will have their own points that they bring to this, but like the, the, what I realized is that I was noticing all of these plot holes because there are reasons for me to not like the movie because I didn't like what mm -hmm. they did with Luke. Um, and that was the big thing because like every story has plot holes um even my favorite ones and and life has plot holes like sometimes you just make dumb decisions like watching a, a four-hour movie about um star wars the last jedi <clears throat> four-hour uh youtube video <laughs> about the last jedi uh it's strange hunter we've talked about this movie so much that it feels like we've talked about everything <laughs> there is to talk about it, but we haven't done any of it in front of yeah, um, recording equipment. And we haven't had this conversation in like five years. Yeah. Um, maybe we've had a couple, maybe a little more recently than that. Um, but I appreciate what you're sharing and it actually helped bring me back to some of those early conversations as you were figuring out your thoughts and as your thoughts <laughs> may have shifted a little bit. Um, we are not a ratings podcast, right? The best we'll say is we'll, we're pouring <laughs> one out and we're raising a glass for something. Maybe we're yeah. undecided. We haven't had that experience yet. Um, and I think a large part of that is because of what you shared. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if something's good or bad. You know, it matters how it makes you feel. Mm. Um, so how it my other favorite you. movies, yeah, how, yeah, have shaped me, um, and I love them. Um, and I can sometimes see the faults in them, but regardless of how many faults there are in them, probably won't change um, what I feel about them. I, I remember I watched a movie with. Melanie's families, um, seven brides for seven brothers. Have you ever heard seen that? It's a musical. <laughs> it's a musical. It is not a musical that would uh, work today in any in any way. Mm. Um, pretty much, seven brothers go and abduct seven women in a town. Uh, to be their wives 
<laughs> and then the wives fall in, oh. fall in love with him um, oh. before the whole the families get there, right? It make you hear it like cringing. Mm. Um, and it sounds like a Greek myth. I remember seeing it. Maybe it's based off one. Who knows? <laughs> seeing it with their family and being like, "What am I watching? This is so uncomfortable and so inappropriate and so problematic in so many ways." <laughs> and and everybody else, you know, my entire family like knows that, yeah, you know, and and yet it is like it was part of like their childhood. So even though it's so glaringly problematic, <laughs> it's something that has shaped them, and mm-hmm. you know, it so many family memories and and points of joy and excitement because of it. And and I think that it's really easy to get caught up on the the things you dislike or the, the things that are wrong or the things that are right when you feel one way or the other about mm-hmm. it. Um, and like, there's some things I don't understand. Like, why do there need to be physical books for the Last Jedi? Part part of my frustration with this movie, in hindsight, <laughs> is I've now seen Episode Nine only once because. <laughs> I didn't think it was worth it. Watching. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I, I liked this movie little enough that I didn't watch episode nine in theaters. I don't think. Um, and, and like the, the things that you want to pay, you know, one of the things, cool things about watching a, sh- a movie or a show that has multiple episodes is that they are going somewhere and like, they are things that pay off. And maybe if I, one of the ways that this shaped us is that we watched them while they were coming out or we we knew about them as they were coming out and we were both paying attention to the media and the conversations. I don't know about you, but I was, I was reading articles about conversations with JJ Abrams and Ryan Johnson Mm. and all these things and how much, you know, and it took two years or more for episode nine to come out after episode eight because they were like redoing everything. Mm-hmm. And so it was, they were, they were, this was the first Star Wars trilogy that came out while we were adults versus kids. Yeah. I remember seeing episode three in, in, in theaters, but um, that could be part of a different episode because um, I've got a great story about that. Um, but Episode by episode eight, I, I had opinions about what should be, and they weren't followed through. And the thing about Luke annoyed me, but I didn't feel nearly as connected with him as you have. Um, I felt connected to Star Wars, and this wasn't Star Wars in my mind. Um, it was something else and it was doing something else with star Wars that was happening with Marvel around the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel was starting to move towards more visually stunning and like different storytelling. I mean, my, one of my favorite Marvel movies is um, winter soldier, not because I think it's the best one, but it's, it's my favorite. And I think it's part, part of it is because it adds shades of gray. 
things aren't just mm-hmm. good and bad. Um, and the Russo brothers did that, and, and there was there was some more storytelling happening that was not the you know typical hero's journey. <laughs> Uh, and and I wasn't ready for that in Star Wars because I was seeing mm. that other places. Um, and I didn't feel like I was given a great payoff. Like, who cares about Snoke? Like, I thought I should. <laughs> and like, in the, the anticipation for the movie, I did. Mm-hmm. But we still never even really learned who Snoke is. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's a movie that you have to have a nuanced conversation about, but it's so hard to have a nuanced conversation about it uh, on the larger scale just because of a very vocal minority. <laughs> uh, it seems like, like, I feel like most people still don't like this movie. Yeah. Like if you had people rank their star Wars movies, this would be in the bottom three, but think, like for most people, you know, like that's your perception and that's my perception too. But is that because of how many people are posting about how much they hate it? Well, like the people who are like, Oh, this movie is just fine. Uh, don't really post about it. You know, like I felt like most of the conversations I was having were similar to the reviews that I was reading. Hmm. Not everyone, but I felt like most people I connected with that had a love for star Wars were frustrated and angered by this movie. Hmm. But people that didn't really care about Star Wars liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't care about that perspective nearly as much. Yeah. Hunter, to give us a little more clarity about where to go, um, can I read a few of you live tweeted this <laughs> to me? Um, yes. One of the joys I get as, as, as a, um, as a friend of Hunter. Um, and I, and this is a joy that I've had since before the podcast is Hunter will quote unquote live tweet things uh, <laughs> specifically to me. Uh, I don't know if you should send these to anybody else. It depends um, on what I'm watching. Like if someone has recommended me a movie and then I watch it, if I'm feeling like looking, using my phone, I'll like live tweet a movie to someone if they recommend it to yeah. me or something like that. And and Hunter doesn't like, you know, just send a message, you know, once every 20, 30 minutes. When he's <laughs> watching a movie, you know. Um, I'm glad you said it's a joy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's frustrating, but it's 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 a, it's a joy. I like it. I, I, I don't often read them through when you're texting them to me because mm-hmm. then I just would get overwhelmed and I just would be like, okay, well, let me just watch the movie. Oh. Sorry, I've got the, the last Jedi playing just to the side of here. Um, and Luke just milked those characters. <laughs> I, 
like what? Like okay, challenge Luke. Make him have a have a make him fail. But like, why do you have to make him milk these things? Like, yeah, it's it's just uh, um, I yeah. Um, you just caught that stupid big fish. I, I went to Disneyland, um, <laughs> a few years ago and we were, we got there actually right after the Millennium Falcon had been finished. Um, and we went through one of the rides, um, like the, in the star Wars area, which I can't remember the name of it. Um, and people were buying green milk there. Um, so sorry. Okay. A few few pieces to focus on uh, early on in the movie in the first scene scene yeah so this is a quote from Hunter yeah so we had Y wings but they were too fast so we made these incredibly slow and vulnerable bomber, bombers that can chain react and blow each other up <laughs> yeah didn't really understand that one either um, yay Finn a character with so much potential played for physical comedy um, same thing with Rose. What's the point of Rose's yeah. character in this movie? She didn't need to exist, even though I think she's a really cool character. What was the point yeah. of General Hux? General Hux, I think, could have been a cool character. He was entirely played for comedic effect. He didn't need to mm-hmm. exist. Um, you bring it up later in one of these these texts. Let me just um, get there um, so I can quote you. Um, Nobody in this movie deserves Chewie. You brought up multiple times, like, what in the world, like, and then at the very end, um, oh, he brought up another one about Chewbacca. It's like, why was Chewbacca in this movie? Chewie has why nothing would... to do but be funny. In this movie. He, mm-hmm. he like breaks down a door for Ray. He's has moments with the Porgs, um, and then he saves everyone by piloting the Millennium Falcon basically by himself <laughs> mm-hmm. while dealing with a poor gun, his dashboard. Um, There's one tracker, but if they destroy the tracking destroyer, then another one will start tracking them. Yeah. They tried to push through that one just to, um, Oh no, Leia's dead. No one survives in space. Not even in star Wars. Oh, <laughs> Uh, that one you call, you've got the, the good old Hunter's hot takes. <laughs> um, uh, things like, it's bad enough they show Luke giving up on the forest and all of his family and friends. They also humiliate him. Um, the hashtag just my opinion. Um, <laughs> then there's the Hunter's, Hunter's nitpicks, um, which... You put the, all of them in a row. And so it's, I heard, I just read Hunter's snit picks. <laughs> it sounds weird. Um, <laughs> like the arcing lasers. Um, I mean, they did take out Dreadnought though. Um, there's a whole part of this movie where Poe's character, who's a really fun pilot to watch. It's fun to see him when he's like, mm. um, gets demoted to captain right before Leia dies, but didn't die. Um, also, why do they got to do that to General Akbar like, like that? Oh yeah, um, off-screen death. Uh, it's a trap. Yeah, um, it's just. Eh, um, I feel like the actors weren't given a lot to. They were given a lot of 
restrictions to their characters and then yes. told a big story to, to tell within it. And it was just really challenging. You go for it. Captain Phasma is played by Gwendolyn Christie, uh, who plays Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones. Um, amazing actor. Just amazing performance in Game of Thrones. And <laughs> she has a suit on her face, and she has, like, very generic Stormtrooper lines. Like, you could have had anybody play that. Like, yeah. I'm glad that Gwendolyn Christie got paid, but like, <laughs> like just, she's, she has so much talent and they just totally. Chrome Dome. Yeah. Chrome Dome. <laughs> like, and like Finn, I mean, oh, like the moment I so heard opportunity. like a defecting stormtrooper, like such a great idea. You can have him like interacting with other stormtroopers, like dealing with the guilt of being a stormtrooper in the past and like maybe feeling like being conflicted about like fighting stormtroopers now, you know, cause there might be people that he knew. Um, and then like, he's just like by the end um, of, of the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker, he's just like slaughtering stormtroopers, you know, with no, he's just full rebel now, um, which like, it's okay. Like he defects. Yeah. But like, there's so much more that you can do with that. And they just don't. Um, and, and part of my frustrations with this movie, I think it have to do with frustrations with the whole sequel trilogy in, in general, um, which like, <laughs> they, like, I didn't like the force awakens. A lot of people were like, Oh, I, I, I thought the force awakens was, was all right, but I really didn't like the last Jedi. Um, but I didn't like the force awakens just because like it's, it felt so, um, like a rehash. Like <clears throat> I was just confused by the opening credits because they're like, Oh, the Republic is down. And now the resistance is trying to resist the first order. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, so, so you're telling me like, we basically just time traveled back to the beginning of a new hope. Um, and it's clear that they, I guess they wanted to, I don't know if it was like Disney's direction or whatever. They wanted to like retell the story for a younger generation to get into star Wars of that, like plucky rebel rebellion kind of thing. Um, but see, I read it as like, Hey, we can do a good star Wars movie again. So I enjoyed episode seven, not because I thought it was special, but because I was like, yeah, this is what I expected out of star Wars movie. I'm glad. It's not a bad movie, and but it's just like the the plot decisions that they made. Um, it's not unique. Yeah, I was just hoping for something new, um, and it really, really wasn't. Um, and the Last Jedi was had this promise of being something that was kind of kind of blow it up and maybe do something different, and and it did. But not really. Um, and I, I do want to talk about Rose. Um, there's like two things I want to talk about. Like one is the light speed thing and one is Rose. Um, I don't know. 
Just a quick quick statement. Andrew, have you ever seen Battlestar Galactica? Like one episode okay. a really long time I've ago. I've tried watching it so many times. I've tried watching the, the main like show that like became big, like honestly three or four times. I've like restarted it. And I could not make it through the first four episodes. Like I tried. <laughs> like by the, the last time I tried, like it was I, I try it every couple of years. Last time I tried, I think I got through episode like four, which was farthest ever. The entire premise of the first few episodes is whatever place is destroyed and the humans all end up on this this group of ships or group of spaceships trying to survive like the last of the human race. Mm-hmm. And oh, there goes Leia out the window. <laughs> um, but it's not over yet. Um <laughs> And slowly, the ships run out of fuel Hmm. because the bad guys can trace them through hyperspeed. And when the ship runs out of fuel, it's blown up until they find they can get to a base where they can stand up against the bad guys. Sound familiar? Yeah. Are we talking about The Last Jedi or Battlestar Galactica? Right. It's the exact same premise. So I was like watching this again. I was like, this movie like isn't actually like one of the big premises of what makes it maybe unique isn't unique at all. Mm. So I wanted to make sure I said that. But I would love to talk about Rose um, because Rose is a potentially really cool character. Like she's her, the opening of her character is really interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. like she starts off with like potential. Yeah. It's a great performance by Kelly Marie Tran. Um, And like, can't pour enough out for the backlash that she got on online like she had to delete all of her social media accounts because of the amount of hate that she was getting um a similar thing happened with the actor who played jar jar binks um he actually there's an interview where he talks about he had like a suicidal moment um because of the backlash that he faced from just just playing a character in a Star Wars movie. Um, and, and like, I know a lot of people don't like Jar Jar, but, like, it's a really great performance. <laughs> like, Let's talk about Rose. Yeah, and, and this time around, I was paying more attention to Rose um, just because of what happened and, like, I didn't particularly like her character the first time around. Um, and that's not the, that's not Kelly Marie Tran's fault. Like, it's just the way that she was written. Um, and like, honestly, I had no problem with her up until the moment where she like rams her ship into fins. Um, just because that was just such a weird decision. Um, like, her line is, uh, <clears throat> that's how we win. 
we don't win by killing what we hate. We win by saving what we love. Um, which is a fine line. Uh, but she could have killed Finn in the cr by crashing her speeder into his. Um, and Finn was also like trying to save what he loves. Um, and, and, but it's not her fault. Like she just happens to have that line written for her and, um, all of her character, like her character moment on Canto Bite is like not bad. Like as, as annoying what as makes that interesting. Like yeah. Canto Bite's a, Canto Bite is a gambling planet that is controlled by like elitists who, you know, are doing like child slavery <laughs> and other sorts of like animal abuse and, mm. And she's like, look closer at what's happening. Like, money isn't the answer. Um, which is a message is trying to, like, which, I don't know, some parts of this movie felt preachy. Um, but, again, it wasn't Rose's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I can't pour enough out for the quote-unquote fans who um, decide to direct their satisfaction or whatever it is towards an actual human. Um, maybe it's because because I'm a writer. I just wonder like what what would have to happen to me to take me to that place where I would actually do something like that. Um, Has she been in anything since this? Uh, I don't know. You know. Um, well, she, but also like, sorry. she was in the Rise of Skywalker, and the one of the most disappointing things about that movie is that they backpedaled on Rose's character and just made her kind of like a side character. When in in the Last Jedi, she's a pretty big role, and she's like Finn's love interest. And that's one of the things I, I actually really didn't like um, about the, the rise of Skywalker because, like, if you're gonna make a statement, like follow through, you know. Um, and it's just really pretty cowardly on the part of Disney or J.J. Abrams or whoever made that decision to roll back um, Rose's role based on all of the hate. Like, just. I don't know. I don't know what went into the decision, but it was, it was really disappointing. Um, she was Raya in Ryan the Ryan the Last Dragon. Oh, okay. Which was a great movie. Great movie. Um, yeah. Sorry. Just wanted to follow up on that little statement. <laughs> uh, also, though, like the love interest thing. Really stupid. Not necessary at all. Also didn't like feel it caught me like I, I didn't see it coming. And not in the ooh, I didn't see that coming. Like, you know, Luke doing force projection. Or like a why did that happen? Mm -hmm. And like the whole idea of like Finn and Ray together, a really interesting combination. 
they weren't together at any point in any of this movie, like interacting together or like, mm. like the, this movie like, makes a joke out of the fact that Poe and Ray don't meet each other until the end of <laughs> the second movie. And yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to share about Rose? Um, not, I, I think I've said enough. Um, I would like to raise a glass to Kelly Marie Tran, um, because she really does a good job. Um, it's a good performance and it's not, <laughs> it's really not a bad character. It's just the way it was written. Do I feel like Star Wars takes its, it takes itself too seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, fir- the first trilogy did not take itself seriously. No. Um, and then the prequel series did. Like the only movie that really in my mind works that took itself seriously was Rogue One. But it's because it was a serious, it was a serious movie. The story itself wasn't. I, I don't feel like that the took itself seriously. It was just like a serious movie as a whole. So. That's my favorite one. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to talk about Rogue One. Um, there are two things you wanted to talk about. Rose is one of them. Yeah. So the, the hyperspeed ramming thing. Um, and it's oh, <clears throat> trying to escape. Yeah. I, I got to give a shout out to my friend TJ. Cause I talked to him about this. I've also talked to him a lot about The Last Jedi. He is a true fan of Star Wars, um, more so than me. And and he has actually been producing a, um, a stop-motion um, Star Wars saga um, that you can watch on YouTube um, for quite a long time. Um, and it's called Clone Revelation. His channel is Fish in a Barrel. But I talked to him about this because he's a he was physics major, and um, <clears throat> I, I always come to him with my like physics questions, anything related to like physics or that kind of science. Um, and the hyperspeed sequence, like ramming sequence, is incredibly stunning. It is like one of the most visually stunning scenes I have ever seen in a Star Wars movie or TV show. Um, <clears throat> Holdo is trying to save the last of the, tr- the rebel transports. Um, and so she decides to accelerate to hyperspeed and ram the Star Destroyers and the fleet uh, that is pursuing them. And Everything is silent. There's a lot of buildup in the in the music and stuff before the moment happens, and then everything is silent, and it just shows the, the ship ramming uh, against a black space, and you see them breaking apart. Um, it's really beautiful, um, but I, it 
I was talking to TJ and it, and it like, you can call this a nitpick if you don't particularly care about this kind of thing, but that the idea of ramming things with in hyperspeed sort of like breaks a lot of the space battles in star Wars, because like, if you can ram things in hyperspeed, like why don't, why don't you just put a hyperdrive on like a missile or like something with a lot of mass and then you can just obliterate fleets um, without having to send in fighters and do all of that stuff. And um, <clears throat> it's not like star Wars. <laughs> star Wars is not really science fiction. Star Wars is more like science fantasy, um, but it, it has always had, sort of like an internally consistent style of dogfights and uh and things with with the space battles and so i feel like that scene is kind of like for me at least it represents like what this movie like the ambition of this movie versus what the movie actually the what the actual impact of the movie is because like it is so visually stunning and so beautiful to look at and it's a really great moment in isolation but like <laughs> when you start to think about it and the implications for the rest of Star Wars and the and it it, it kind of it it doesn't this mean isn't a Star as Wars much movie. It doesn't mean as much as as you would want it to, as it feels like. Yeah, it well, should. it's like I also don't feel that bad for her. Like, like, yeah. I don't, if you're gonna go out, like, I'd rather go out that way than like just letting my ship get destroyed. This time around, I was like, I feel like Leia and Holdo should be switched. Like, w- like we don't. The audience doesn't really care about Holdo. We just we met her like halfway into the movie. And all we've seen her do is be like incredibly mean to Poe. Um, mm-hmm. And so you don't have much sympathy for her. Like if it was Leia, it would be, I feel like it would mean more, but. Uh, I mean, that's a whole other thing that was going on at the same point. Right. There was language at the time about there being the first book, the first episode seven was about Han Solo episode eight was supposed to be about Luke and episode nine about Leia and um, Leia passed away. Right. And so there's, there's a whole piece of like, that was another thing I was feeling when it came out was how are you going to give a just ending to Leia as a character? Mm -hmm. And the answer was, we're going to wait until episode nine we're going to keep doing what we planned. And I don't know if that was the best decision. Or not. I'm trying to think of a way for us to approach balance in the force. Hunter, there's a really interesting scene in this movie shortly before the hyperspace moment where Ray and Kylo um, maskless Kylo um, are both grunting and screaming a lot um, as they are trying to gain control of the lightsaber in midair. 
Mm-hmm. And then the lightsaber breaks in half. And this is in many ways a scene well, like many others in this movie that show the two sides of the same coin if not like that that they are mm. um but also a little bit over the top trying to compare them as equals of good and bad power and light uh, light and darkness and there's a whole piece with the the mirror scene that rays going in um I don't know. How do you approach balance in the force and balance in the movie (laughs) and balance in your heart? Right. uh, As you think about this story. That's a good question. Luke says at one point when he's talking to Ray that like the Jedi order I can't remember the exact line. Like it, it is vanity to think of the Jedi as good and the dark side as evil um, because it's all about balance. And there has mm-hmm. always been this kind of back and forth between the light side and the dark side where like in the prequels, the Jedi order w- grew so powerful that the force kind of, allowed Darth Sidious to pull Anakin to the dark side uh, and, and, and balance it out. Um, and then in the original trilogy, the um, the dark side was powerful with Vader and Darth Sidious, which allowed Luke to rise up and pull Vader back to the light side. Um, and so this movie is really, and, and, and I'm pretty sure Ryan Johnson has been like quoted on his goals was was to kind of get into that um, idea of balance in the force um, and not thinking about the Jedi as the good guys and the, the Sith as the bad guys, but more of, you know, Luke's whole thing is that he wants to end the Jedi order um, because Luke tries to train the Jedi and he builds up these Jedi and that the light side is very powerful Uh, And that allows Snoke to pull Kylo to the dark side. Um, And so the whole movie is about this kind of balance. Um, But I feel like the problem is that so much of that is off the screen. Mm. So uh, ultimately I, I agree with the goals to, to show that story. Cause that's, I think that's a story in star Wars that needs to be told, but I feel like the movie just kind of falls flat. It, it has so much screen time that, that doesn't deal with that issue when it, it's, it's really unfocused. Um, and <sighs> It's just unfortunate that a lot of the fan base seemed to latch on to 
the kind of strange nature of this movie in, in the Star Wars universe. Like you have said that it, it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie to you. Um, and it, it's unfortunate that a lot of people latched onto the things that it did with Luke and um, the kind of weird decision that Rose makes and um, just decided this thing is bad and attacked it. Um, but in the end, it's a piece of art made by people. And I feel like we forget that so easily. <laughs> it's not a product. Like it's not, it's not a watch. Like you can't criticize it for not staying on time. It, it's not a car. You can't criticize it for breaking down. Like, yeah, there's a certain bar you need to clear with the story in a movie or something. Like if you watch something and it's just, it's just a bunch of colors on a screen or whatever, like that's not a story, but like when you clear a certain bar of storytelling, like beyond that, it's a piece of art. It's like, it's like trying to, trying to rate a person. Like, yeah, there are things, there are certain people that I, I don't really like, but like, I can't say that they, they have no value. Um, it's just. So ready player one has significant value in your mind. Well, <laughs> um, in so far it's I, <laughs> yeah you got me you got me with that Sorry. value is not really the right term but um Andre, i was expecting you to enter this podcast with um a voice of disdain and vitriol towards the last jedi um i'm actually a little disappointed you didn't uh do that um but i appreciate your more nuanced viewpoint and i'm interested from your perspective perspective is this one that you'd raise a glass to now because it sounds like you will i i it's hard to say i I think I would, but I um, would pour one out for the response and the general conversation around it. Actually, it's tough because I still what? I still don't really like the movie. Um, <laughs> it's I'm I'm conflicted. I just wish I could have like a voice recording of that and just like play it to you five years ago. Yeah. I'd raise it, yeah, yeah, no, no, I I wouldn't yourself. raise a glass to it. I wouldn't wholeheartedly pour one out for it, but I wouldn't raise a glass. I just I don't really like the movie, but I I appreciate I I respect it. It's just not for me. Do you not respect it? Do you respect it in the sense that you respect all movies because they're works of art? Yeah, it, it's like I respect it because it exists, <laughs> um, and and I don't 
Here's the thing. Like I pour one out for Ready Player One because I think that it enforces the kind of the worst kind of gatekeeping and um, like uh, <laughs> view of what like a man should be um, and Wade Watts and, and glorifies really kind of reprehensible behavior. Um, so I'll pour one out for that, but I don't think a less Jedi like harms people. Like it, it's not uh, okay. insidious. Um, it's just a thing that is, you heard it here. Yeah, it's first. just art. The last Jedi does not <laughs> harm people. Yeah. It's, it's just art that I don't particularly like. It's not, it's, 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 uh, it's just a food that I wouldn't eat because I don't like it. I don't like the taste of it. I almost wish it was animated. I feel like this movie plays like an animated movie. Which I think is part of Ryan Johnson's background, like focus, like the cinematic, like the, the the cinematic aspect of like anime, almost like. Mm. Sorry, I'm just watching the 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 lightsaber battle between Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker. Oh, it's like yeah, and it's like it's 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 amazing, like visually. Yeah, visually, it's it's really stunning, and and like you change lightsabers out for swords and spaceships for an armada, and I think I would really like this movie. <laughs> but you put it all in the space Star Wars branding. Say here, here's a Star Wars movie, and I'm not going to watch the next one in theaters. That's interesting. We bring so much to Star Wars. We expect so much of it. Oh, we we bring. Yeah, I mean, think about. Um, oh my goodness, the Rings of Power. Right, if that wasn't branded Tolkien, like, you probably would have liked it more. Or you would have been in for, in it in for it longer because of how visually yeah. stunning it is. Maybe they would have been able to tell a different story. Yeah. I I think that's a good thing. I think that's the beauty and the challenge of, of being connected with something and feeling like you're part of the story. It gets back to my push that once the art's out there, like the storyteller has as much voice over it as the, the other people. Um, you can show the narrative of how you made it. But I also know that that is not a widely held viewpoint. Well, I think if you're talking about the general conversation about a piece of art, yeah, like the, the artist is just one voice in that. Um, maybe they have more, uh, they have more pedigree. Um, your ethos, but they're just one voice at the end of the day. I, I still think I, maybe because I'm engaged in, in writing a story. Um, I, cause I'm very interested in the, in the process and the way that art is made. 
um, and the connection it has to the authors and the and director or the musician, whoever it is. Um, but, you know, in a sense, I, I agree with you in the case of The Last Jedi because I really like the ideas that Ryan Johnson talks about uh, in, in balancing the Force and ending the Jedi and, and having that conversation in a Star Wars movie. Um, but... I don't think that the movie executes it very well. And maybe Ryan Johnson would disagree with that. And maybe people who love this movie would disagree with that. But that's my opinion. And nope. it's just my opinion. That's all right. Wander, this has been an episode <laughs> of Raising Glass. Um, I feel like my energy has waxed and waned. Um, and I did skip a little bit further ahead in um, The Last Jedi as we were playing, as we were talking. So um, The Last Jedi is ending right now on the screen next to me, but it's not because we've spoken as long as The Last Jedi was. Life, even though we've probably done you know, maybe more than is necessary. Um, I think as a wrapping thought from me, wrapping up thought from me, that The Last Jedi has shaped the way that we communicate about stories has shaped the way that we, the things we focus on and value. And us personally, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, a unique space about this. Um, and I'm not sure we would have a show that's about the stories and storytellers that shape us were not for the many conversations about The Last Jedi. So it will forever stick in my mind because of the benefits that it has had in us creating a podcast that I love. Um, and yeah. we do it because we love it. Um, hopefully other people enjoy it. Um, <laughs> get really positive affirmation from you know two or three people, and I really appreciate you guys. That's um, great. Because if we don't enjoy it, we shouldn't do it. Mm. You don't enjoy telling a story? Don't tell a story. Mm. Thanks for uh, keeping this fun. <laughs> uh, bringing balance to the force. <laughs> Because I come to these podcasts and I have so many things that I want to say and I want to say them in the right way. But it's a podcast. That's not the point. Um, it's, a, it's a conversation that we have together. And I'm really thankful that I can have it with you. And um, I'm thankful that you're different than me. You have different tastes. And uh, I, I hope that's what makes this a good podcast. Um, 
it's really fun for me. Uh, maybe even more when I drink a 9.1% uh, resin IPA, double IPA. Um, double IPA. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hope that this podcast about the less Jedi, dear listeners, has subverted your expectations for a podcast about the last Jedi. I wish I got to talk about Mark Hamill more, but yeah, I I really love Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's like really key to your experience of Star Wars. Yeah, it's weird. Like I don't, I, I don't I didn't connect with Luke that much like in the original trilogy, but like I sort of connected with Mark Hamill after that, and then retroactively connected with Luke because of Mark Hamill. I almost feel like if Mark Hamill liked his liked where Luke was, even if Luke was in the same place that he was in this movie, that you would have liked it more. Yeah, definitely. Like one of my favorite scenes was was him and R two D two, when R two shows him. Um, help me, Obi-Wan help Obi-Wan. us, help me, Obi Wan. You're our last hope. You're our only hope. Um, it looked like he was really enjoying himself, uh, and in so many of the interviews, he's just like staring into space, and. You can never read too much into interviews because you're just watching on a screen. You don't know what's going on in someone's head. But like Mark Hamill has said that he disagreed with Ryan Johnson's direction. But he also said that he has regretted saying that. But mm-hmm. and now we're just going on and on. This is too much. I thought we were done. Do you, we were my, done do you notice the names of my characters? Like my name when I... I changed it. It was Tinky Winky. No. Yeah. And now it's yeah. Lala. Mm-hmm. Oh. Blip, bloppity, bloop. <laughs> <laughs>